This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. And remember, for all of your wagering needs, it's Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey. Play Sugar House in Connecticut. A uh, couple of things before we get to some emails. Uh, we are one day away in baseball from free agency. And obviously going to be interesting times, especially for the Yankees and the Mets, because right at the top of the list are Judge and DeGrom, throw in Nimmo and uh, Rizzo, who uh, is free to go. And there's a lot of talk about him and the Giants. And then you have some other star-studded guys on the list, including a bunch of shortstops. You have Correa and Turner and Bogarts and uh, uh, Swanson and... Um, you have guys, well, Verlander, you expect to go back to Houston. Uh, you expect uh, uh, Kershaw to go back to the Dodgers. You got Contreras. You got Bassett. You got a whole bunch of guys. So the Mets and Yankees have a lot of decisions to make, especially when you throw in Benatendi and Italian and guys like that uh, for the uh, Yankees. Uh, so um, it's going to be interesting. Of course, all eyes will be on Judge until he does something or the Giants. Or the Dodgers are really competition? How far will the Yankees go? Uh, how much does age play into it? Uh, is there any bitterness, as has been rumored? We'll have to wait and see how that all unfolds, um, starting with free agency, which begins uh, tomorrow. Now, uh, the other thing, big uh, news, is Josh Allen um, came out of the game with the Jets with a banged-up elbow. He's had UCL problems in the past, it sounds like they first feared there might be a real problem there. Sounds like it could only be a sprain. Makes his status this week iffy. But it doesn't look like it's anything that's going to impact him over the second half of the season, which would obviously upset things dramatically on the road to the Super Bowl. So um, sounds like he could, could possibly miss a week but it uh, does not sound like it's anything that is season-threatening, which had been the rumor yesterday that maybe he had suffered a serious elbow injury. Uh, sounds like now maybe just a sprain of the UCL. All right, let's get to some emails. Uh, Rich thoughts. So remember, Mike Francis, a podcast at gmail.com for all the emails. Send them there, Mike Francis, a podcast at gmail.com. And remember, we'll see you later in the week with our uh, Football Friday a podcast, which uh, we want to thank you, has really become one of the most successful NFL podcasts in the country. So we thank you for that, and we'll be with you, obviously, on every Friday morning. Uh, and you can find it on the Bet Rivers Network and wherever else you go for your uh, podcast needs. All right. Uh, Mike, the Mets find themselves with three starting pitches under control. Uh, plus a bullpen of free agents. Uh, they did resign Diaz for $100 million, uh, so he's back. Um, uh, 
in a year with very little top-end free agent starters on the market. Uh, is this a failure? No, listen. The Mets expected big things from the top of their rotation last year. What happened was they did not get from Scherzer and DeGrom, and even Bassett. Bassett doesn't seem to like New York at all, so I don't think he'll be back. I'd be surprised if he comes back because it, doesn't, it sounds like he really didn't like New York. Everything he said about New York seems to be very negative. So it does not sound like he's very much a New York player. So let's put him aside. Um, there's always a couple of pitches out there that you can land. I'm not talking about something like Verlander, who's a free agent, um, and is expected. I mean, Verlander turned down one year, $25 million. He's probably going to go back to the Astros, though, you would think for sure, just like you expect Kershaw to go back to the Dodgers. Um, we'll see what happens. There's always pitches that are available. Um, Pablo Lopez, who would draw a ton of attention, is on the block. Um, now, what they're going to want for that is a lot of prospects. There's no question. But there's a very good pitcher on the block. Um, there are some pitchers available in trades. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens with DeGrom. Been a lot of rumors about the Texas Rangers. Remember, that also means no state income, uh, no state income tax. That, when you're talking about contracts that get upwards of $150 million, no state income tax adds tremendous value to a contract. So your other team has to come up and add at least a 10% kicker into that contract to get to the same place. So it's not easy to do. So it does impact things. So when you have a state like Texas, which has no state income tax, it does impact things dramatically. And it sounds like Texas is going to be a very aggressive player. That's what you keep hearing about free agency. Um, Matt says, uh, who in Michigan, Ohio State? Hey, I got a couple more weeks to think about it. Uh, Michigan, the, always the question is, has Michigan closed the gap do they have the athletes to cover the Ohio State receivers? That is the gist of that game now. Can Michigan get the running game going against Ohio State, which I think they can? Can they handle the speed and explosiveness of the Ohio State wide receivers? That's the big question in that game. Otherwise, Michigan's having a very good year. Ohio State's you know, those two teams are right there. They're both undefeated. You could make a scenario where both of them get into the 14 playoff. You could also make a case that Tennessee doesn't lose again and gets into the 14 playoff. That's pretty much it. Remember, this year it's a little different than normal years because already Alabama and Clemson are out. So Alabama and Clemson, who have made homes in the Final Four, are both out this year. So that does not leave a whole lot. It leaves TCU. It leaves the second-place finisher in the Big Ten and the SEC uh, as the other teams, you know, uh, with a couple of other teams flipped in as a possibility. But that's where we are right now. Uh, as far as Ohio State-Michigan, let's wait till we get right to the game before we talk about it. Um, it's, this is Rich. It took the Mets 33 years to finally retire their captain's jersey, number 17 this year. What's your take on retiring each of these players' numbers? Listen, I don't give a, you know, anything about retiring numbers. That means very little to me. 
It really does. I don't really care about franchises retiring numbers. Um, some people do. I thought the retiring of Willie Mays' number was ridiculous. I thought it made no sense. People just don't want to speak out because it's Willie Mays. But, hey, let's be honest. What did Willie Mays have to do with the Mets? He had a terrible stay there. He didn't hit when he, he was at the end of his career. He didn't play well. The Giants have no relationship to the Mets. The Dodgers did, but the Giants don't. So the idea that, you know, Willie was promised by the Payson family 50 years ago to retire his number, I mean, give me a break. It makes no sense. Just like I think it's a little crazy that Willie Mays is the World Series MVP award. Willie Mays did not have great World Series. He made a catch in the World Series, but his offensive numbers in four World Series, of which his team lost three, is not good. He never hit a World Series homer. His OPS is about 500. In 71 World Series at bats, why would you pick him? Why, why not pick Babe Ruth or even or Mickey Mantle has every record or Reggie Jackson even? I mean, pick a guy that didn't hit in the World Series and didn't win in the World Series. It doesn't make any sense. Willie Mays can get any award you want to give him. You want to make the MVP award Willie Mays? You want to make any award Willie Mays? Willie Mays is one of the handful of greatest players of all time. No one could argue that for a second. But the World Series was not his great crowning achievements. He made one catch in 54. He never hit in the World Series. And he didn't win in the World Series. So I don't get that either, but hey. That's the way it is. But as far as, you know, retiring a Hernandez number, I never even thought of it. I think the Yankees retire way too numbers. I'm for retiring immortal players' numbers. Here's how you get your number retired if you're me. You play your whole career for one team. You are a walk-in, hands-down Hall of Famer. No argument, Hall of Famer. Ruth Gehrig. DiMaggio, Mannell, Mariano, Jeter. No argument about uniforms. But to retire a uniform, that number has to be symbolic. It has to stand for nobody else wears it again because you played for one team. To me, that should be a criteria unless you played a very short time for one team. Like Mays in San Francisco, yes, Mays Giants, yes. Even though he played for the Mets late, he would not disqualify the fact he would retire his uniform as a giant. That goes without saying. But as far as this thing, to me, here's what they do. They, tra- they retire numbers for two reasons. One, because they can get a day out of it and fill the stadium. And two, they then can sell jerseys. It's all about the buck. That's the only reason they do it. Tom asks, given the uncertainty with Lance and a roster that is uh, good enough to win it all, if the 49ers fall short this year, can you see a path where Brady becomes a 49er next season? No, I think Brady is now reaching the end of the line. I think if he can salvage something out of this year, and he sure salvaged it last week with his touchdown pass to Otto uh, to win the game when they gave him a couple of seconds to and and. The Rams' defense was atrocious on that uh, on that drive. Um, I mean, how do you let them get out of bounds all those times? Uh, but um, it's not about Tom Brady. 
San Francisco clearly can be extreme. If they are healthy on the offensive and defensive lines, they can win with Jimmy G. They came within one pass of win. If Jimmy G had hit his tight end on third down when he had him, if he connected with that pass, the Super Bowl was over. Kansas City was done. So he came within one throw of winning the Super Bowl. He's proved he can do it. And with McCaffrey there now, and you get everybody else healthy, they are going to be very tough in the second half of the year. Casey asks, uh, as a seasoned horseman, if you had a promising yearling and was not sure whether it would run on turf or dirt, would you give it to Pletcher, Brown, Asmus, and Mott another? Um, Hey, you can't go wrong giving any one of those guys any kind of horse whether it's a dirt horse, a grass horse, um, you pretty much know there are surprises. But what you do with a young horse is he's bred for one thing. He's got a foot for one thing, okay? Uh, He's got a stride for one surface. If for some reason he's not showing something on the dirt, you're always going to try him on the turf before you get rid of him because you just never know when the horse is going to take off, when just, you know, be good on the other surface. So you should always try the horse on the other surface as far as, you know, I want to put a trainer. When you're dealing with some of the guys you mentioned, whether you're dealing with Pletcher, Mott, McGahee, I'll put in the same group, Asmussen, Brown, and they're all, you know, incredibly accomplished trainers. So there's no issue with any of them. Uh, Greg says, you don't seem to be very hard on Salah and his staff, but I feel they did as good a job coaching as you can do last week. They made Allen look as bad as anyone has, and clearly they made adjustments on their game plan with Wilson. Um and get rid of the ball, what do you think? Are they starting to convince you? Listen, they have to show me they can be much sounder in their game plans offensively. Defensively, they're a very good team. They have a pass rush, and they have cover guys. They have talent throughout the ranks. They have depth. They, they are right now one of the best defenses in the NFL. Hands down. There's no question about that. I do not argue anything about their defense right now. But some of their game preparation on offense and their game calling and some of the stuff I've seen from them is very puzzling. Let's see it get better. Okay? And part of that's the quarterback who continues to make mistakes. So it's tied to the quarterback and his development, and that's going to be very big. Their their ability to bring him along and to coach him in a way where he can make plays without making the big mistake. That's exactly what has happened with the Giants this year. Jones has made plays and not made a lot of critical errors. Critical errors will kill you. Look at how many critical errors you've seen Aaron Rodgers make in the last month. You didn't see him make any of those for years. That's why he was 13-3 and three every year. And now, that's why they don't win any games. 
You can't make critical errors on the goal line. You can't make critical errors in the fourth quarter. It's how you lose. A couple of teams coming on right now. Baltimore's going to get better and better. First of all, Baltimore could have been, could be, you know, have one loss right now. They're going to get better and better and better. And I think San Francisco's in the same boat. They're going to get better and better. Watch those two teams. Uh, Mike, uh, the McKinney injury is a big one for the Giants. Yes, it is. It definitely is going to be costly. I agree. Um, I think uh, that is a, he's probably out a month. It is a big loss. We'll see how they compensate. The coaching staff on defense has been superb. Martindale's been superb. Uh, but you're right. It is a definite loss, okay? Uh, listen, the rest of the question he asks is, considering how much money is, you know, surrounding the NFL, do you think there should be penalties for players injuring other players? Hey, football is a collision sport. It's not a contact sport. It's a high-intensity collision sport. You're going to get injuries. There's no way around it. And unless it is something extremely flagrant, where a player really went with beyond the, beyond the pale to try and injure another player, I don't think there's any repercussions as what happens during that game. Everyone knows injuries are part of the results and part of the residue of what happens. There's no way around it. Marcus asks, with the amazing success Mahomes has had, uh, is this the best start of all time? Um, it's, it's close. But to me, it depends on how you judge quarterbacks. I think you just want to I, – I personally want to judge them on their ability to win the games when they're on the line. That's what I want to see from the quarterback. I don't care if he throws for seven touchdowns in the game he's winning, you know, 35 nothing or 40 nothing. I don't care that week if he throws for 190 and two or 450 and, you know, five. It doesn't matter. The fact that he buried a bad unit doesn't make him a better player. So that's not how I judge them. How I judge them is, does the quarterback get his team in the end zone when the game is on the line? Does he drive his team for the score when given the chance? Does he bring them back from defeat? And provide victories in that regard. I mean, that's where you judge your quarterback. And that is where the record, you know, that's where it really matters. So to me, I don't care if the guy throws a lot of touchdowns. Good for him. There are different ways to do it. It doesn't make you better than the others. Some are more flamboyant than others. That's just the way it is. I mean, Tom Brady never put up the Gordius stats because that's not what the team was looking to do. So they were trying to win the games. 
And that's what you're trying to do. And to me, that's what it's about with Mahomes. And Mahomes wins plenty of games. Um, we hear about your love of man a lot. Yeah, my only idol. I mean, you know, he was my boyhood idol. I never had another. Uh, I didn't have any other in any other sports or anything like that. I didn't have one in football. Didn't have one in basketball. Mantle was it for me uh, growing up. That was it. He was it. And um, uh, I've always been a little protective of him because, let's be honest, when you look at his career stats, unless you know how to take them apart, um, you get lost a little bit in the final numbers. But at a certain point, he was one of the handful of best offensive players of all time. I mean, at at a point, only a Ruth or Ted Williams was a better offensive player than Mantle. That's how good he was in terms of getting on base, power, speed, scoring runs. The essence of the game is scoring runs. And that's what he did. He scored runs. Um, Do you think Buck deserves to be the NL manager of the year? Um, I think he did a great job. I think you can give him the award. Now, Thompson obviously has to be in the running for what he did with the Phillies, getting them to the playoffs. I think Francona did an amazing job. So he'd be the other guy. Um, if we're separating it by league, then it's easier. If it's you know, so from that standpoint, um, that's Taylor, my dog. So don't worry about that. Um, somebody must be at the door. But um, uh, I know the Mets ran out of gas, but he had a wonderful season for him. So if he wins the uh, and it's a regular season award, if he wins the award, I have no problem. Would you bring Daniel Jones back? Great question, one that we're going to debate right through the season. Uh, I have an incomplete answer now, so I'll hold it. I don't know yet. I will make that decision when I see the full body of work this year and not until. So I'd say right now it's still up in the air. I wouldn't say a guaranteed no. I clearly would not say a guaranteed yes. So I would say that it is still for me very much right now an incomplete answer as to what I would do with him going forward. Uh, I'm not ready to commit to him and I'm not ready to throw him overboard yet. Uh, what does your gut tell you about where Aaron judge lands gun to my head? I think he's a Yankee, but I do consider the, uh, giants, a big threat. I consider the Dodgers a threat, but not a big threat. I think the Giants want to go all out for him. I think Rizzo plays into that a little bit. I think that him and where he's from and his uh, growing up being a Giant fan plays into that. So um, I don't know how happy or unhappy he is as a Yankee, so I don't know what part of that is true and not true. Let me just say, he's, he's always made his feelings felt. Let me just put it that way. That I do know. Um, so he has chipped in before on situations. Uh, so I would think he has a strong feeling about that one way or the other. But if you put a gun to my head, I figure he's a Yankee. 
Uh, I don't think it's automatic, though. I'd say it's 60% Yankees, 30% Giants, 10% Dodgers. I don't think anybody else is in the mix. And I will say this. If you're looking at this from a fan standpoint, they will take a hit if he leaves off last season. If I look at it from a standpoint of building the franchise going forward, they'll be the same. They can be just as good without him as they've been with him, which has been disappointing in my, in my mind. So to me, uh, they can go start over and not be in a bad position because they will use that money on another player. Now, he won't be judged, but he'll be significant. So if they went out and added a couple of really top players in lieu of signing judge, I don't think it devastates the team. So here's the amazing thing, and I've said this before. There's not one player on this team I have to have next year in my mind. And that's crazy when I think about that. If you would say that to me in 97, I probably would have had a laundry list. If you say it to me now, there's not one guy on this team I have to have. And my favorite guy is Rizzo. I think he's played great for the Yankees. I think he's done everything, provided calm, provided leadership, hit home runs, gotten big hits, played a great defense at first base. So I think he's done everything you would want him to do. I think he was a very good addition. I told you I wanted him back. He had a wonderful year. I know he's getting on in age. But if the Giants are smart, they'll sign him to a two-year contract, and that might get them judged because I hear they're very close. You know, I'm not around the Yankees every day, but I hear they're very close. So if they're very close, maybe that plays into it. If Judge leaves, the Yankees take a short-term hit. There's no question about it. I don't think they take a long-term hit. They take a hit in terms of all the other stuff that will upset the fan base about having the big player. But, hey, they haven't won anything with them. They can be disappointing without them. They've been disappointing with them. I don't like this group. I'd like to see them, to be honest with you, I'd like to see them start over because I don't like anything about this group. Remember Football Friday coming up? Stay tuned for that in the next couple of days. We'll talk to you. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli Podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.